This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 26, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The White House has offered its solution to the bulk collection of millions of Americans' phone records, but it's not clear how it solves the underlying problem of the authorities that give the NSA vast power to collect data. Julian Sanchez is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. He comments. So we've known since January that President Barack Obama was pledged to end the NSA's controversial bulk telephone record program as it currently exists. Uh, What wasn't clear was what was going to replace it uh, because the president had left open the possibility that perhaps the bulk collection of billions of Americans' phone records would continue with some kind of third-party custodian or contractor holding that database. Uh, Or perhaps uh, the phone companies would keep their own records, but there would be a new legal mandate to force them to retain those records for much longer to ensure the NSA had access. And this week, the good news is uh, proposals from both the White House and the uh, House Intelligence Committee leadership uh, essentially reject both of those possibilities. So bulk collection really is going to end. Uh, And both proposals are pretty similar uh, in terms of their proposals for what is going to take its place. Both the White House idea and the draft version we've seen of legislation from the House Intelligence Committee uh, want to basically create a kind of new hybrid authority. It's partly uh, the old-fashioned Section 215 of the Patriot Act, business records authority, and also a little bit of uh, pen register authority. This is the kind of authority that's used to get information about a particular phone line's uh, calling activity uh, in real time and continuously over a period of time prospectively. Um, So the idea was that these are two authorities, one for historical records, one for real-time monitoring. Um, They had sort of mushed these together in in, uh, getting the secret FISA court to authorize this bulk collection program. And so what this does is sort of specifically uh, both require and provide some funds for the uh, telecommunications companies to rejigger their systems as necessary to ensure that the government and intelligence agencies can make specific requests for records of suspected terrorists or foreign agents and the people in direct contact with them. And those direct contact records give you uh, what the NSA called two hops. It gives you contacts two degrees of separation from the suspicious number. Um, and the idea here is I think that the um, the government will basically be able to uh, get the companies to arrange to have a common format so that instead of having it all themselves, they can get the systems to talk to each other so that they can very quickly um, get a kind of map of a target number's social network um, without having to have all the data themselves. Uh, One of the big differences between the two proposals, though, is that while in both cases the FISA court is going to approve specific phone numbers rather than just allowing bulk collection and letting the NSA decide which numbers are suspicious, the Intelligence Committee version allows the court to approve kind of general procedures, general criteria for dubbing a number suspicious. And then NSA gets the record and the court sort of validates it after the fact. They get the explanation of why these numbers were targeted and they sign off on it uh, ex post um, instead of the usual uh, procedure, which is if it's not an emergency, first the court says, okay, then you get the records. The White House says, uh, no, they want 
upfront authorization from the FISA court before records are demanded. Um, this is the difference most people are focusing on. Uh, but another one is that at least as far as press reports so far go, the president's proposal is really limited to telephone records. Um, the House proposal is somewhat broader. Um, uh, the House proposal says telephone records, but also electronic communication records and some other sensitive records like medical and education and gun records can't be obtained without a specific selector, meaning no more bulk collection of those types of records. And then there's this streamlined process uh, for getting telecommunication records. Uh, one other change, though, uh, is that the House version, it's not clear whether the President's version does the same thing, breaks the link that's uh, in the statute, the original 215 statute, to an authorized FBI investigation. Now, when the FISC, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, interpreted the law so that records that are relevant to an investigation means everything, an entire database, as long as you can go on a fishing expedition so you can find the 0.001% of records that are really relevant, well, that sort of made all that meaningless. But the original idea here was that that link to an FBI investigation and FBI investigations have to be predicated on specific evidence of wrongdoing, um, was one kind of check on the overreach of that authority. You would only be able to obtain records once someone had already determined there was enough evidence to open an investigation. So breaking that link um, in a way does remove an important check on how this authority is used, especially because one of those checks is that uh, you can't use these authorities or you're not supposed to be able to use them to obtain the records of an American for an investigation based solely on their First Amendment protected activities. If there's no more investigation, it's a lot less clear how you actually police that or what the test for it is. Um, the thing that both of these share, though, is that even though the House version is much broader, they're really basically about fixing the problem of this one particular phone program and the controversy that surrounds it. Again, the House version has some more broad protections for other kinds of records, but they don't get at the underlying issue here, which is that under uh, the Section 215 for business records, under uh, – the so-called pen trap provision that was used to collect live uh, internet metadata uh, off the internet backbone until that program was killed in 2011 and under national security letters which are issued for telecommunications records by FBI agents without court oversight, you have this same relevance language that according to the FISC, as we now know, basically means nothing or at least potentially means everything. Uh, and so what they're doing is essentially closing uh, a loophole that allowed this bulk program we found out about because of Edward Snowden, but then leaves intact the underlying authority with no Ed Snowden left to tell us how they use it in the future to get, let's say, credit card records or other forms of sensitive data that we may not even imagine they're looking at at present. Um, so that's one reason I think a, a more promising approach is the one that we've seen embedded in the USA Freedom Act, um, which across the board, across these authorities, so they can't play a shell game where they close one loophole and open another, there's the same standard that says, look, it's not just relevance anymore. Across the board, for all kinds of records, always, it's relevance to a specific investigation and 
the records have to have a particular nexus to a suspected foreign agent or someone in direct contact with them. No more, uh, you know, the sort of stoned dorm room theory of relevance where everything is connected, man, so everything's relevant to everything. Um, now, maybe there is some reason that this new affirmative authority to streamline records collection um, makes sense. It might make sense to add something like that to the USA Freedom Act. Um, but as it stands, what both of these proposals, I think, have in common is that um, in a way they are focused on fixing the problem we know about and not about fixing the architecture that gave rise to the problem in the first place. And as you noted, this is essentially dealing with the day one story of the NSA leaks. Yeah, I mean, you know, proof, uh, if proof were needed, that uh, the Washington gears grind slowly, um, at least unless something really pernicious needs to be done, um, is that so much of the public debate is still obsessing on the first disclosure we got from the Snowden files um, as, as though almost that was the only really controversial thing in there. Um, we haven't really started seriously dealing with uh, Section 702 uh, and the incredible uh, potential that poses for overcollection of international and even uh, we now know totally domestic communications, even if they claim that's accidental or incidental. Uh, the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board is hard at work on a comprehensive report on that, but that won't be out until probably early summer. Um, we haven't really seen very much uh, will to tackle the disturbing revelations about uh, uh, NSA's attempts to undermine global encryption standard, making the network's less secure for all of us. Um, one of the more recent stories that I uh, talked about and found incredibly troubling was reports that uh, the report that the NSA had essentially installed a hacking AI at the very heart of the internet. Uh, right on the internet backbone, basically, is a large-scale, effectively supercomputer designed to pick out the communications of uh, attractive targets and exploit them on a mass scale. That is basically hack computers and uh, install malware that can be used to compromise them, uh, to turn on the webcam, to turn on the recording device, to copy all the data or allow NSA a backdoor. Uh, it's really disturbing here because not only is it designed to be able to scale to hundreds of thousands or even millions of computers worldwide compromised. But it's clear from their internal documents that it's not just terrorists or even members of foreign governments who are being targeted anymore. There was a gleeful internal document showing uh, how they liked targeting system administrators overseas. I hunt sysadmins, uh, one NSA sly said, um, because the idea here is for the crime of being a foreigner who works in uh, in IT, you now make yourself a target. So NSA will hack your computer, uh, read your Facebook wall and your emails so they can guess what your passwords might be, um, not because you've done anything wrong, but because you are a useful backdoor to other computer networks just in case they want to spy on someone using those networks in the future. Um, it's really kind of a, a, a disturbing and chilling way to, um, to treat people who may not be Americans but have done nothing wrong. 
Julian Sanchez is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.